0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Waypoint Church's What's the Point podcast. So excited to have you all with us today. My name is Pastor Lawrence Yu, and today I'm joined with... Pastor Eric Weiner.
1: And Grace, Director of Communications.
0: Well, guys, we're in a a topic here that um, I believe that I'm told that I'm not fit to really contribute on. I I believe that during staff meeting, uh, Megan and others have made it firmly clear that I'm um, well into middle-aged. So um, this topic seems to be not the one where I'm best fit to actually contribute, so I'm actually going to be leading the question asking and asking our younger staff members uh-huh. who are more hip and with it uh, to help lead this topic of social media.
2: I like your cadence on that, the, the hip and with it, that's <laughs> that
0: good. Uh, you know, that's how I speak, Very, I'm, I'm really cool, I'm down with the lingo.
1: Lawrence, just because I'm the youngest staff member doesn't mean I'm necessarily hip and with it.
0: Mm. Feel All like, true statements. Feel like maybe that was an 80s thing. Oh, actually, hip and with it shows how not hip, I'm with it, I am. Can I just say we're the bomb? No? Can you say hip and with it like three times yes. really fast? Yes, hip and with it. <laughs> so, first question I want to ask is, for those of you who still remember, what was the name of your first ever social media account or AIM screen name or AOL login or old first email account?
2: Uh, I mean, to be honest, I don't I don't really remember. I I remember having probably something to do with like Old-school soccer or old-school football or something, you know, like something that was cool. seemed cool at the time that obviously is uh, Not hip and with it anymore, but um, I remember uh, so so yeah spent a lot of time using AIM um, AOL instant messenger for those of you who are like what is what is aim? That sounds weird Uh, but also uh, MySpace, MySpace was a thing, yeah. Okay. You know? Like right. so, I like, was definitely definitely big into to MySpace. You know, you could uh, you could rate your friends. You have like your top eight or your top sixteen or your top four, all that kind of stuff. You can have, you know, your your profile has your you got your like theme music, all that kind of stuff. So I remember, um, I remember that being a big deal. I was was pretty into to that scene, if you will.
1: Uh, my first AIM screen name was Amazing Gracie. Nine
2: one nine.
0: Amazing, Gracie. But then
1: 99. I decided I no longer wanted to be called Gracie, and so I quickly rebranded to Rubber Ducky ninety four. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: good. I true story. My one of my first names was Dude Man one zero one. Seriously, Dude Man. And then another one I made was I called myself Journier 77 um, because at the time I thought it was really I was like really into like. Like Jesus and youth group, and I was like, mm. I'm on a journey with God, yeah, so I would be journey. really spiritual. So yeah, exactly, I come back now at Waypoint Church, kind of still fits. So I kind of like it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now, I, I, Lawrence, I kind of wonder, um, you know, when I when I think about AIM and when you think about AIM, I wonder if they're like different experiences. Oh, totally. Because... I still
0: remember that having an original AOL dial up to get on the internet. Like the sound of like going... And then when you actually sign all your stuff and you hear that you got mail.
2: Uh-huh.
0: Oh, that was so exciting.
2: I mean, I remember that too, but I was just a little kid and there's, you know, there's the conflict in the home of get off the internet because we need to use the phone. That's exactly right. You know, like all that stuff. But That's then, exactly like, right. when I was in middle school, high school, that was when, like, AIM, you know, you're just like, it's, it was essentially like text chatting before text messages. Right, in right. A sense.
0: Well, so for me, it was actually college. So like actually like having AIM was like towards the later part of college. So this is like my soft, junior year, like all my friends from back home. I'll be up to like three in the morning AIM messaging people, talking about, you know, <laughs> see what's going on with everybody. So, and then that's when Napster came out. Wow. So Napster came out in college. So I would stay up just downloading music. It would take like four hours to download one song, but I'm downloading music, talking about AIM all night.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like like uh, some illegal activity in that, or I, I believe we, so. I believe like officially Lapster st- was illegal. Statute of. Right? Is, is,
0: that, is that true? Is, are we passed the statute of limitations, or whatever it's called on that?
2: I, I hope so. If yeah. not, maybe we can edit that out. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll it edit that out. It out.
0: <laughs> so here's the deal, guys. We're into this whole social media world. Like, it's one of those situations where social media is not one of those things that, like, do we need it? Does it exist? It's one of those things. It's here. It's been here. and Everybody's involved in it. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, Grace and I had a video interview with Miss Joan. That video's coming out really, really soon. Be excited about it. But during this video interview, Miss Joan admitted to us that she might be a little addicted to Facebook.
1: She did say that she spent a lot of time on there. Right. So Miss
0: Joan, who's wow. turning ninety, is wow. spent a lot of time on Facebook, which I just think is the awesomest thing ever. <laughs> that's that's pretty. It's cool. I mean, she was not one of the first ones to really get the roam and zoom at Waypoint Church.
1: That's true. She was ready right away yeah. in the start. So, of the so
2: I, was, I was actually looking this up on the way here. The number of, of Facebook users worldwide: two point eight billion. Oh My gosh! That's, so like that's almost a, that's half a lot, the world a lot of uses Facebook. That's crazy. That's a
0: sizable number. That's crazy. Billion. So this is a, this is the reality of our world. It's social. It's a social media world, right? And so here's my question. Being, being kind of being firmly into the social media world is it a positive thing is this a negative thing and why
2: yeah no I, I think it's a it's a it's a great starting question um, you know social media it, it's one of those things where you know you in a lot of ways it depends on your motivation and like the, the actual use of it I feel like there you could go either way because there, there are pros and cons to it across the board where you know, one of the, one of the appeals, one of the the attractive aspects of it is, is just the, the connectivity that comes with it, that you feel, you feel this greater sense of connection to other people, you know, like, um, I've heard plenty of people say that Facebook is, is a great medium for being able to, to keep up with people who, uh, who, who don't live locally to you, and so, um, as the world has become, uh, you know, like, we have a, so many people in the world—it's—it's it's a global, uh, global thing. We're able to still kind of keep this local component to it. That, that I can, it, my friend's going on a mission trip to China, isn't what it used to be because I can still connect with them. Like I can still keep up with them. I can get updates regularly, whereas before it was—you know—you go to China, we may never hear from you again, right? Um, and so I think I think there are good components to to being on these different social media. Platforms, um, but then I think on the flip side of that is that as we as we create more and more things, um, it's really hard to keep up with with technology use because uh, technological advancement is always moving towards becoming obsolete, and so even even as we're thinking about like the ethics of it and thinking about the function of it. It, it's, hard to, um, it's hard to predict all of the, all the many facets of, of how, it, how the platform can change and how it might affect us and how it becomes pervasive in our lives. And I think what comes with even good things is the, the capacity for the entire category of, of sinful behaviors to come along with it. That when you have the number of people using, I mean, like we're saying with Facebook, 2.8 billion people. Um, you know, some of these other, other platforms, there's hundreds hun- hundreds of millions of people who are, who are in these spaces. And I think when you have that many people, I mean, there's, there's just a lot of complexities to it. And so some people, I think, uh, who, who, who err on the side of caution, like, I'm just going to move away from it. Uh, maybe maybe there's just they're, they're responding to sinful tendencies and saying, I just can't handle it. I think, I think there's wisdom in that. But I also think that it, it can be a great space for prophetic voices to speak out and to, to reveal things, to reveal sin in, in, our, in people's lives or in communities that, that are really good.
1: Yeah, going back to your question, Lawrence, like, is it a good thing or a bad thing? I think since a big part of my job here is to do the Waypoint social media, I should say it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like uh, Eric was saying, it is, I think, it can be both a good thing and it can easily be made into a bad thing. Social media companies have kind of designed um, just like the endless scroll, encourage people to use it more and more and spend a lot of time on it. Um, so I think that is when it can can become a bad thing when you are going to social media for comfort or to try and feel connected with people versus connecting with them in real life. And also I think social media is not always an accurate representation of people's lives, um, mm. how they're actually doing, what they're actually experiencing. So you can kind of experience this this feeling of like oh everyone has it better than me or everyone's happier than me. Everyone's mm-hmm. hanging out with friends kind more of than me. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I think one of the truths that we see in life is anything can be a bad thing, Mm -hmm. even the best of things. Any good thing can become a bad thing. It's all about how our heart approaches, what it replaces. Does it replace God in our life? Is it our source of enjoyment sustaining us? Is it our source of strength or even our identity? then it becomes a bad thing because that needs to be found in Christ and who he is and who he made us to be. So even good things can become bad things. But what I found to be so interesting, Eric, and in what you were talking about is how technology advances so much faster than almost our ability to process what it's doing to us, mm-hmm. right? So I guess what you're saying by that is you're saying, like, here's technology advanced, giving us open doors, more pathways, more information, more ways to explore something, but then... Do we have we have processed how it affects us psychologically, Mm -hmm. sociologically, even uh, ethically and morally, Mm -hmm. right? Can you um, with that idea? Can you explain a little bit, like, or give a little bit more examples of of some of those situations like that in regards to social media?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think even you know, thinking about how how much things change over time, like just going back to high school days, for example, where um, you know, there's there's a sense of like the number of friends that you have, like on on Facebook, for example, says something about how popular you think you are. Like I have four hundred friends on Facebook versus my other friend who has two thousand five hundred friends on Facebook. Like wow, they know way more. Like like the, so so there there's some of this comparison games. So I've I've heard of um of uh like like Instagram for example where you you post a picture. Of, of something that maybe it's a picture of yourself or, or a picture of uh, like some experience that you're having and you wait to see what kind of reaction you get and and the reaction maybe the reaction is you get 500 likes just within minutes and you're like what like there's this dopamine kick that happens where, where it, you know immediately you're like wow that's like that makes me want to keep going I want to I want to keep like I have a platform I have a space to, to speak and, and or maybe maybe somebody makes a comment on your picture that like makes a make it makes a, a negative comment about your appearance, and that that immediately goes to uh, your your sense of self worth, and you're thinking, wow, like that that really hurts, and you take then you take the picture down. Or um, yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, a, a few years ago. I was talking to um, an, another member in our church who works with college students and she was talking about how uh, in their in their college ministry they they've really had to prioritize trying to um, like foster spaces where the students can just converse with each other and the reaction that they get is has w- and at least at that time was the students didn't really see the purpose of it like why why are you having a stu- this is a waste of time and it seems like there there's this like degradation of of Communication of of just like normal face-to-face interaction that we wouldn't say it's like, oh, this is on a on a Scale of oh this is concerning to this to the extent that like oh shut everything down Let's stop it But but I do think that those kinds of things are having an effect that is I mean studies are showing that um, Younger generations do feel more isolated. They feel more disconnected. They're more depressed. They're more anxious. Why I mean and and you see you, you can look at these these uh, these charts and see from 2007 on you see these numbers really start to plummet where it's or, or to increase where it's like more and more people feel anxious or more and more people are like like the numbers are spiking up what happened in 2007 you see this rise of the iPhone mm-hmm. and You're and sure. it's 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 stark it's it's interesting so so I think it's hard to quantify I mean even even now like we're you know, if I, if I asked somebody, hey, like, you need to get rid of your phone or, or like switch to a flip phone, you'd be like, no, I need the GPS. I need like we, I don't think we realize how much we've come to we, we've become dependent on some of the functions of, of these things that, that we're saying. Yeah, they're, they're good. It, it, like being able to use my my GPS over MapQuest way better way better experience you know i don't miss my turns quite as much as i did with MapQuest. there's some confusion there but you know like what what are the effects i don't i don't it's hard to keep up with all the changes to say like is this really useful is this is this helpful in a way that that would would benefit us or um you know not everything that that technology or phones or social media can do is necessarily good for us
0: yeah well that's so interesting as you've described um some of these effects, like especially that number correlation between the iPhone and the rise of all this kind of anxiety, fear, um, depression. I think that's a very interesting correlation in regards to numbers and the stats there. I think that's one of the things that we see. I think it's evident to pretty much all of us, otherwise we wouldn't have iPhones, mm-hmm. that technology and social media is an important part of our lives. There's so many benefits. You know, the fact that I can FaceTime my mom and he can, she can see her grandchildren at any time. Yeah, that's awesome. It's awesome, that's it's great. humongous, there's, there's no denying that. But let's start talking about, let's keep on talking about some of the negatives. Because I think once we identify the negatives, it'll help us as Christians to process them and help us protect and guard against them, right? So one of the negatives you mentioned, Grace, was comparison, right? Will you kind of go dive into what? how does social media lead into these comparison games? What does that psychologically do?
1: Yeah, I think one of the ways that it does that is um, it increases FOMO fear of missing out. Yeah, um, I heard somewhere back in college how you might be, um, you know, having an evening where you're just like staying in, watching something on TV, like relaxing, and like that is completely fine with you. You're content. Then you open up social media and you see, oh, well, my friends are, oh, they're out, or oh, this person's on vacation, or oh, no, this person just bought a new house. And then all of a sudden what you're content with, um, yeah, how you're content spending your evening suddenly seems like, oh, no, I'm not doing enough, oh, no, I'm missing out. Um, and so I think just having this constant access to um, seeing what all of your friends, like all the the good stuff that they're posting, that can really, um, yeah, lead to a lot of comparison and like this need of like, oh, I need to do more. Or, oh, I need to keep up with these other people.
0: That's so true. I mean, it's just, it's inevitable, right? You see the best circumstances, the best times in people's lives because they're not posting when they're sad and lonely. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> they're typically posting when I'm on vacation. Life is awesome. Yeah and so it's hard to not feel comparison you know what else I've noticed is rise in fear and anxiety and I think it's part of it is because I'm not saying this is a bad or a good or a bad thing but I feel like we notice like there's We know more about what's happening around the world. And I don't know if our minds are meant to know that much, you know, like, or process that much, you know, like, like, back in the day, we wouldn't know the tragedy that happened five houses or five cities away or another part of the state. We would know just what happened in our local little communities. But now we know anytime there was a, a, do you guys remember the phenomenon of secondary drowning? That happened like, I don't remember how many, I don't know the stats of it at all, but it was all over social media for a while. Make sure your kid doesn't have secondary drowning after they get out of the pool, they almost drowned, but then they're okay to walk around and then they drown us later on. And people were freaking out about it. Like, yeah. be careful. But it's because it was, happened one time somewhere else, you know? Mm-hmm. Everybody got freaked out because it was all over social media. And so there's more to fear now because we know more what's hap- what, what could happen, what's out there, it has happened before. Whereas in the past we just wouldn't know about it. Mm-hmm. you know Now I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I think it does lead to raised anxiety, raised fear because we know about all these things that have happened now.
2: Yeah no, th- so th- there's two things that you're mentioning that, that I want to comment on there. So the other day I was reading um, I was reading this article that I found through Twitter. And um, so more or less is that a good thing, a bad thing. <laughs> um, I was talking about this idea of, of content collapse. And so and, and content collapse specifically, it, it'll happen on Twitter where it's this idea that somebody posts something to a specific pocket of the internet, like to a, like a targeted audience. And then that, that material, that content, that topic ends up going viral or it becomes like a like one of the top topics on Twitter. And so what happens then is that it becomes more wide scale. Like everybody can see it. And so these these other pockets of the internet start weighing in and and start like they they, they totally misunderstand the the context of, of what the the original post was meant to be saying or talking about and it it becomes it just completely uh, is is detached from from that space, and it, it starts to lose its meaning. And people respond in in all sorts of uh, negative ways, vitriol, just hostility to things. Some somebody, the example that in the article I gave was somebody. This like famous person posted this uh, this poll about like is uh, a movie with aliens in it a horror film. Does that count as horror? And the person said no, and it got to the point of like. This person needs to make a public apology to horror films because of, um, you know, like it, like just because of their terrible take, and it's just like th- those kinds of things happen all over, all over the place. Where you you see it, you see it even in the the quote unquote Christian Twitter, where it's just you're in these spaces, and it's just like man, the the reaction, the comments to that some of these people get is just, it's almost like a, even posting, you know it. It, it seems like a like a hard, like a weighty thing of of just the the, the toll that it takes on just in, indulging in that that material, that content, where you're like, man, this is just people are really mean and really angry and really hostile. But then on another another aspect of what you're saying, Lawrence, is that uh, I, I feel like there there is a sense in which the social media, for one, it it, it makes you feel like you're always on, that people, like, you always, people always have access to you, and I think that contributes to the anxiety, is, is like, even when I go home, even when I'm done at work, I still feel like somebody can get in contact, somebody can, somebody can email me, they can call me, or, or somebody makes a post on, on Twitter, or on Facebook, or on some other medium, and you feel like, do I, do I, am I supposed to engage with that, can I turn it off, is that, is that good for me, um, but then there's also the sense of, there's all, there's all of these stories and all, all of these news events that happen in the world, and it's almost, it's almost like this Job kind of moment where you're like, man, I can't, I can't contain all, I can't, I can't hold all of this, like all of the weight of the world, that's something that only God can do, and yet social media creates this space where I'm invited to kind of tap into that a little bit, and it's just, it's overwhelming.
0: It's so interesting when you think about the idea of being on all the time and this anxiety that it creates. Like, there are people who are judged for not speaking, you know, let alone not responding even on social media because they know you're able to be on. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't speak out about a situation, then you can be judged for that. And if you speak out about a system, you can be judged for that. Somehow, we become such a culture with social media that we just can blast people without even knowing them
2: mm-hmm.
0: for what they say or don't
2: say on social media. And that's that's part of the content collapse idea is that you end up blasting the person, <laughs> and and okay so they had a bad take on something, um, and and depending on like what what is it talk what are we talking about but you know it's just it can be taken out of hand really quickly.
0: And then what do you do though? Like if you say, say you're on social media, how do you avoid the comparison game? Like Grace, like what do you do? And what are ways to be healthy in regards to avoiding the comparison game on social media?
1: I think something for myself that has been healthy. I think I just. I have a personality that's more prone to comparison or feeling like, oh, I need to keep up um, with other people. And so at different times, um, I've just had to set limits on, like, how much time am I spending on social media? Um, I remember one year during Lent, um, Dylan and I, we only did social media on Sundays. as kind of like, oh, this is our day to check in, you know, message people back. Um, And that was really helpful. Um, So I think for me something that's been helpful is – taking breaks or just like trying to recognize okay when am i getting sucked into this kind of like comparison or negative thoughts um and then also sometimes just unfollowing certain people i I think there's nothing wrong with um with doing that
0: is that the the healthy unfollow the The healthy unfollow unfollow?
2: (laughs) what what uh i don't know if she would be okay with me saying this i'll say that somebody i'm close to uh what she would do is on facebook when somebody's birthday you get the birthday alert if she wasn't that close to them that was on their birthday she would defriend them or unfriend them because she's like i don't i wouldn't wish them a happy birthday so like why? <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday to you that's your gift so i get made fun of for the way i say happy birthday on facebook uh-huh.
0: she doesn't know about this yes
1: yeah and <laughs> listeners if you've ever experienced this please let we're, us we're know we're
0: sorry
2: yeah we're sorry I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> this is no sorry fun. i'm just wishing them happy birthday i don't understand the problem I mean, You're, yes, you, I
2: say happy birthday with a period. I, I say this in love that you wish happy birthday like Dwight Schrute wishes someone happy birthday.
0: <laughs> happy birthday.
2: It is it your birthday. birthday it is your period. birthday.
0: <laughs> I mean, seeing a fact <laughs> in case you weren't aware of it. But so here's the thing we, we acknowledge so much beauty in social media the connectivity, the um, seeing one of my favorite things I love seeing my friend's children. You know yeah. the one I can't grow up with, the ones mm-hmm. I wish I could grow up in the same city with. What I see my nieces all the time on social media. So I love. It. We acknowledge it. We get information all the time. Um, we get movement started because mm-hmm. social yeah. media. Yeah. You know, we. I think social media has the power to overthrow governments. Yeah. You know, so there's beautiful, amazing things that come from social media, but here's also the problem. There's also lies, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And people believe these lies all the time. That's one of the things I saw. What was that movie? The documentary, social dilemma. Yeah. And you see it happening all the time. How do we then, like, how do we know what's what's true or fake in social media? Like, what advice would you give to us who are like older people like me? How do we determine what's real and what's not real?
2: That's a great question. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think that you know we, we were actually talking. Oh, I was I was mentioning this a little bit last night in my small group because you know we we're talking about wisdom and fear of the Lord and and I think that something that I, I at least acknowledge about myself is that I don't at least like from a from a conscious standpoint I don't always feel like I'm searching for wisdom in the way that like Job you know this passage that we're reading he's like searching he's like searching this very poetic language he's searching mining the earth for wisdom and where is it to be found but, but the fear of the Lord and to, to shun evil and I think like generally I don't do that like I don't what, what, what the the internet has created for me to do is to search for knowledge and to be content with knowledge and information. Like so, so just getting acquiring as much, inf- reading through as much, sifting through as much information as I possibly can. And I think what what we discover in that is that knowledge does not equate to wisdom, mm-hmm. because you can have endless information. We have we have an overabundance of information in in our uh, technological world in, our, in the digital age, but but we lack wisdom. And so I think that one 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 practical thing I would say is if you're on these different spaces and you, you read this headline, read the article. Don't just read the headline. Yeah. Don't just assume that you know what what the article says based on the headline. I mean, I've I've seen a I've seen an article where like the headline was intended to be clickbait. And then you read the article and it's like I don't hold to any of the things that the, this headline says. This is totally just to, to prove a point that nobody actually reads articles. And so we get we get upset at these things. We and, and so I would be slow to anger or slow to outrage. Um, I would seek to understand as as much as I can. I'd would, I would read and then I would try to live in in community and, and talk to people about some of these things and and not not be quick to make conclusions about what information I'm gaining because as as you can if you go and and watch the social dilemma you can see that you're like isn't isn't everybody ingesting all this information all the same information that I am and the answer is no they're not that these algorithms are, are working and it, it's, this information is being uh, channeled to you based on things that you click on and so you can have a completely different experience on Facebook than than your friend who's has all the same friends, or you know, a lot of there's a lot of overlap um, where you're you're taking in a lot of different information. I, I think being able to um, to press into community, to to uh, to be slow to make a judgment on things, and to ask questions, and to seek understanding, and to see how other friends are responding to these things, and into you know, some people are responding quicker, and maybe they're lamenting things to say, okay, like I need to why why did I not have that same response to to some of the things that I'm taking in that. I think being in community, uh, especially like we, we talk about diversity in community that, you know, getting this, uh, this wide array of, of opinions and ideas and, and thoughts. And, um, and I think loving and caring for, for people well is part of helping us think through wisely what it, the, 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 information that, that we're taking in.
1: Yeah. I think you made a really good, um, point, Eric, especially about the algorithm, how the things that you like and click on, um you know, Facebook or other social media will use that to just kind of keep feeding you more. Um, So you can end up in like your own bubble of, um, or I think it's like called an echo chamber, where you're seeing things that are similar to what you believe. Um, And so this kind of goes against what I said earlier about unfollowing people. Um, But I um, have heard it recommended, you know, if you're on Instagram or Twitter to try and follow who people who are very different from you or who might have different um, beliefs, different race, different um, socioeconomic status, um, just to see you know, when these big news headlines come out, see um, what is their reaction before you're quick to, to make your own.
2: Yeah, I, f- I found that really helpful to, to be able to do that, to, to diversify these you know, to hear from from different voices and, and just because you know maybe they have different backgrounds or different ex- experiences or even different takes on things doesn't mean that I should wholesale reject them but but all, but to like I think I think it's good to learn from lots of different people even even you know even from like a, a theological standpoint I think being able to to learn from lots of different uh, like camps or tribes is, is beneficial and, and just balancing you out and understanding and, and taking that sifting that through, uh, with God's word, absolutely. My big advice would be:
0: don't trust one article. Like, don't yeah. trust one news uh, agency. Don't trust just one thing. If you see something from this, like blah 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 blah, like see if it show up some other places as well. You know, because if it's true, if it's a true story, if it's a true occurrence that happened, then it'll show up in other news agencies. Other news agencies are not going to want to be like, I'm not going to report on that. Typically, if it's a big deal, they're going to report on it. So wait till you respond to something to see it happen on multiple different spots, you know? And then try to look for more reputable who have a lot to lose if they speak incorrectly. You know, look for more reputable news sources, you know? Like don't look up, don't quote your friend's op-ed piece, you know (laughs) know what I'm saying? Like that's not necessarily a reputable source. You know, or a person's blog is not a reputable source.
2: Unless your friend is a, a reputable source. Well, and then that t- t- topic matter. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm talking about like
0: for major events. So you know, right. so like like Billy, like my friend Billy, who has nothing to do with this one topic, is not my source to know all about what's going on in the Senate. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so um, check multiple sources, but also like it's so easy to get confused.
2: You know, it is. and it's so yeah, easy. It I
0: mean, I I fought for it all the time. I fought for it recently. Um, I can't remember what it was, but I've been recently being like, oh, I can't believe this just happened, Gina, Gina, can you believe what happened? And then she comes back and goes, that didn't really happen. Oh, she's like, that's from like seven years ago. Oh, all yeah. well, my media sounds like it happened just now, man. Yeah, <laughs> I fell for it. You know, and don't beat yourself up. I mean, it's okay, but that's what I'm saying. Slow, be patient, be humble. Um, and my favorite thing that Eric you said is live in diverse community listen to diverse voices because if you only i always say this that if you're only listening to the same voices over and over again then you can get more and more if you're off track just by a little and your whole group is off all off track just by a little the further you go down the further you go down you get further and further and further and further off the mark right but if you have people that are different voices they can call you back into like oh you're going further and further away so let's make sure you live in community listen to diverse voices and i think that's goes such a long way in regards to kind of keeping you grounded where
2: you need to be and helping you fall into the trap of fake news yeah and and people say things in these different spaces because because I, i'm trying to connect with people of diverse voices people say things that, that make me uncomfortable all the time and and the response that i'm learning is not oh, they must be wrong. It's that, oh, I need to check myself. Like, start, start there. Start with yourself and, and what you think and, um, and try to then, like, engage them, you know, where I, I think that's a better approach than to just, you know, try to shut people up or, say, or just say, I, I just disagree. And, you know, I, I think being able to engage in, in humility and um, to, you, you may end up learning some things that you, you didn't know, and that's a good thing
1: those two words ease, humility and uncomfortable are not things we like to think about in regards to social media. Right, yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. So as one thing I noticed, especially in light of um, social media, is people are mean, right? People say harsh, <laughs> harsh things all the time. Why do you think they're able to feel so comfortable to be able to be so mean on social media?
1: I think you're not looking at the person's face. Right. You know, I think especially with the, um, just the election in the past year is very easy to, to make comments um, on people's social media posts that if you think about it, would you say that if you're in a conversation with that person directly?
2: Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, um, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a lot easier to, um, I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like how, um, how, how gossip works, right? Like talking about somebody behind their back, is a lot easier than confronting the issue that you have with them, and so I think, and it, you know, not not everything that we're we're referring to on on social media is gossip per se, but it's just a lot easier to talk about hard things or to have all of this courage and confidence in yourself when there's no seemingly no repercussions and there's uh, there's there's not that face-to-face interaction where you you don't get to see how people respond to it. You don't you don't get to see the body language or, or like the, the emotional toll that that, that can have and, and so um, being in that in that space or using using that kind of that form of communication makes it a lot easier to, to say hard things or bold things that um, that may may be hurtful so as we're processing the pros and cons of social media the
0: difficulties that are there um, how hard it is to navigate. What would you say? Uh, what advice would you give, or what questions should Christians ask themselves, and what you know? What strategies or advice would you give them as they navigate how to use social media well?
1: I think about there's that verse. What does it be? Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger. Maybe, maybe you can apply that. Be slow to share, <laughs> slow to comment. <laughs> That's good.
0: Slow to share, slow to comment. I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that um, you know, in, in actually trying to engage with, with people in, in these different spaces, um, depending on, on what the subject matter is. I mean, you know, I, generally I would say, you know, posting about like if you're posting about your family or you're posting life updates or, or things like, like things things that are just fun and, and joyful and, and, and things that you want to share with other people, like those are great things that you don't um, but I think when you're you're engaging with, with other people and you're writing a response that maybe is maybe is dissenting maybe it's in uh, disagreement with something that somebody else is saying you know what what's your motivation in saying that what what's your motivation in engaging in some of these discussions um, and even even in posting like what it what are you ultimately trying to accomplish where you you may know you may you may be very well know that in saying this i'm saying i I'm going to stand for the truth, and I think saying this is the right thing to do. No matter if I get some of these really hostile, really mean, and, and angry uh, posts back to me that is is like takes an emotional toll on you, it's still worth it. Like s- speaking the truth in love is still worth saying. Um, you know, I think in, in engaging in some of these things that uh, it's good to let somebody else read your post. You know, I've there have been times where I've posted something where I, like I prayed about it. Then I asked Sarah to read it, and maybe I'd send it, or I, like I've heard Pastor Danny and Pastor Lawrence mention, you know, letting each other read what we're gonna say first, and uh, then posting it so that we can talk through. I think I think being able to do those kinds of things, um, but then I I really like pointing people to uh, to, and Duncan has a has a list of like ten suggestions for for engaging on social media that are really short and um, short and sweet and. So I, I'll just read off a couple of these. But, but some of the things that he says are relentlessly encourage, edify, and inform. Hmm. Ignore trolls, mockers, and slanders into oblivion. Um, he says point people to sound people and resources. Exalt Christ, Bible, grace, truth, gospel. Stay out of food fights. Don't lob hand grenades into serious discussions. Bring people together. Be kind, persuade. Treat people on social media like I would treat them in person. Don't be different on social media from what I am in my life, family, church, and ministry. Be the same person online and offline. So I, I think those are all, and, and we can, I, you know, I can right. share yeah. some of those things. But I think I think those are uh, really wise words from from and Duncan. Just engaging those spaces. Oh no, those are phenomenal. I think some other ways for us to be um,
0: cautious is knowing that we have a need to be cautious. So for me in particular, like I know that I can fall into the comparison game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so I need to then be cautious about who I follow, how much time I spend on it. So, like, I love what you did. Like for Lent, you gave it up, or maybe not putting it down when I get home. Never, don't look at your phone again unless you get a phone call. So make sure social media is just off when you get home, or putting safeguards in place. Like, know yourself, know your sin nature, and how that social media can contribute to that. You know, if you're one who gets fearful and anxious all the time, do you really want to read about all the things that are happening? Um, all the time that could possibly go wrong in every situation. Maybe you shouldn't. You know, if you're like, it's really, really riled up and angry at any little post political or anything, then maybe you shouldn't spend so much time on social media. You know, or maybe if you're the one who can get addicted to watching videos of cats all the time, and that's all you want to do is watch videos of cats, maybe you shouldn't watch so many videos of cats. Does that make sense? Like, mm-hmm. my I guess my advice is know your own sin nature when it comes to social media and put in safeguards you know put in safeguards whether it's like hey honey will you just make sure you remind me to, it's like I need to put my phone away when I'm home I need to be present with my children you know will you help me with that because I struggle with this
2: you I, know? Think, I think that's a really you know that's a really good point that you're making too of, of like specifically when it comes to so Grace Grace made the comment I think earlier about just like the like scrolling and, and how like that there's, there's this entertainment aspect to social media where you know there's they've monetized these things they're, they're trying to, to draw you in they want you to, to and, and so these these devices these spaces are intended to get your attention and so I think I think recognizing that my the, the entertainment that I can get on my phone it, it shouldn't compete with with like time with with the people that I'm around. like my, my like uh, physical place like physical location and like placeness with uh, and among my family my, my kids like my kids can't compete with the entertainment value of, of what my phone has to offer that's not fair. like it, it's, it's not even <laughs> fair like it, it, we shouldn't we shouldn't be doing that your, your baby three year old five year old just not can compete with that right, right? <laughs> I mean to, to be I mean just being yeah, honest, no, honestly like, um, honestly the things that like it's so you know one of the, one of the things I, I say about it is that like I feel like at least with my engagement of it, I, if I do, too, there has to be some kind of line where it can be useful. But like at some point, I become a boring person. Mm. Like I'm just, I'm just sitting on a couch looking at a screen, and nobody knows what I'm doing. Right. And it's like that's not a very fun person to be around. Mm. That's not a very like engaging person to spend time with. That like I'm getting like I could be tapped into the world at large. You know, I could be tapped into. Uh, what's going on in these, these faraway lands and, and you know, some of the, the hardships that are, we're experiencing or you know all, all these different things. Or, you know, some, some fun, entertaining video or watching some sport thing or you know, any, any number of things that uh, I think being able to put it down and, and just say, yeah, I don't, I don't need to fill up my days or my time with, with all of these things, but I need to, to also live my life and engage the, the world that God has placed me in around me it's not easy to be winsome when you're fo- focusing all
0: on your phone, mm-hmm. right? And we're called to be winsome, you know? We're called to be, I don't think, and please hear me very well on this. I'm not saying I know the exact way Jesus will live in every exact moment, because it would be different in different circumstances. But I don't think Jesus would rather spend time on his phone than he would spend time with the people he's called to. And I think sometimes we have a mistake in our hearts that we just, it's easy. It's the easy fix. You know, it's the easy way to feel connected. It's the easy way not to feel alone. It's the easy way not to feel bored. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the easy way to entertain yourself. And you can, you can justify it a million different ways, but we really just need to learn our own sin nature and put safeguards in place. And I recommend husbands and wives ask each other to hold each other accountable. Have your friends. Schedule your phone, you know. Make sure you have, you know, put your phone in a basket if you need to do that when you get home. Um, or limit, like calculate. At the end of, at, end of, every week, I have my phone reports how many hours I spend on my phone. Mm-hmm. Right. Let that number be something that helps you stay under it. You know, whatever it may be. I'm, and I'm, this is not legalistic. This is not like you better do these things. This is, guys. I want you to experience what God's the goodness of God in the land of the living. I want you to experience how much He has in store for you to be with your family to be present.
2: Yeah, I think that's good. And, and um, you know, there, there's lots of helpful resources and thinking through some of these things. I think that Andy Crouch uh, wrote the TechWise Family is a very uh, helpful, practical book that that. I mean, maybe you don't agree with all of those things. You don't practice all of those things. But, yeah, you know, even even in, like, studying a lot of these things, that there's all these good intentions that, that don't materialize, right? And so I think just being able to give yourself grace in these things and, and yeah. to have honest, honest conversations about, like, yeah, this is really hard for me. Like, I, I spend, maybe I spend too much time on this, um, and I like these ideas, but I don't know how to actually implement them. Where I think knowing knowing your limits, knowing when to step away, um, all all good things as, as you just kind of wrestle through. Yeah,
0: and that's a beautiful thing. This is not judgment. This is this is grace filled. We want to we want to encourage one another uh, to walk in this way, you know. And so as a church, if you want to reach out to your community, talk to your small group, talk to your ministry teams, um, reach out and be like, hey, I would love to walk in this way. I'd love to not be addicted to social media. You know, that'd be one of those situations where we would love to be a community that helps each other out do this, not legalistically, but in a way that says, I want to encourage you in whatever you feel God's calling you to do. And so, with that said, Waypoint Church, we, we know and appreciate social media and the way technology is advanced. We thank God for it. We thank God that He's opened doors and pathways for people to receive and hear the good news of the gospel in so many different ways. We thank God for the ways that He's connected us, but made the world smaller. We thank God that because of social media, I know when my brothers and sisters are are suffering and being martyred in other countries, yeah. and I can pray for them now. Mm-hmm. You know, because of social media, like I've heard sermons and messages I probably never even get to hear anywhere else. But we also know that it's capturing so many of us in anxiety and comparison and uh, loneliness. It's it's causing so much, so many issues, and it's trapping us in false news and fake news and. Um, dividing people in many ways as well. So we acknowledge that in all things, we need the spirit to guide us. And so as we come together as a community, uh, we, we ask the spirit to guide us, how do we approach this, whatever maybe, technology on social media in a way that honors God and advances his kingdom? So I know this is an ongoing conversation. If you guys wanna talk more, I know Grace and Eric would love to just talk to you if you have any questions. They say they're not the experts, so Grace is looking at me like, why are you making that? <laughs> But they would love to share with you whatever wisdom they, they may have if you haven't asked for it. But ultimately, as a community, let's let's glorify God in the way we use social media. Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us at Waypoint Church. We love you. hope you have a great week.
1: Bye, guys. Have a great week.